<laughs> okay. Whew. All right, kicking off the show, Monday, October 18th, 2021. Uh, boys, uh, I got a confession to make. I badly overslept today. I just, I, I had, I got nothing for the weekend. I've got, I got no news. I mean, I just, I don't know what to do for the show today. I mean, so you're like, well, what can we talk about today? What do you, what do you got for me? Wait, you like, you like haven't heard? Heard what? Colin Powell died. Wow. This is the first time, first time hearing about this. <laughs> he, he led an amazing life. <laughs> he led an amazing like just what more can you say he would you know i mean if people be surprised that i'm saying that i'm still gonna say it he was a great guy led an extraordinary life wow colin powell wow now that he's dead can we start pronouncing his name correctly colin <laughs> colin powell yeah, what the fuck How did that just like? How was this just a thing? Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna call him Colin, and and no one is ever supposed to ask why. Because um, of the famous the famous meme. Yeah, you know, the three most powerful guys in the world are Dick, Cheney, and Colin. Dick, a bush, and a colon. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever? Yeah, uh, it was like that was it was the whole it, cash and jobs of the early aughts. But that's you used to get more for your buck because it was like the most powerful guys are Bush, Dick, and Colin. And the best golfer is black, and the best rapper is white, and the best actress is a woman. <laughs> I mean, have you guys meme for years. have you guys ever uh, pondered the uh, comedic potential of the fact that the two guys running the Iraq War were named um, Richard and Colin? <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh, Colin Powell, though. Uh, yeah, wow. Let's dive into the. I mean, let's dive into the obituaries. We've got New York Times here. Colin Powell, who shaped U.S. national security, dies at 84. Colin L. Colin L. Powell. Thank you. <laughs> Colin L. Powell, who in four decades of public life served as the nation's top soldier, diplomat, and national security advisor, and whose speech at the United Nations in 2003 helped pave the way for the United States to go to war in Iraq, died on Monday. He was 84. The cause was complications of COVID-19, his family said in a statement, adding that he'd been vaccinated and was treated at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, where he died. Mr. Powell had undergone treatment for multiple myeloma, which compromised his immune system, a spokeswoman said. She said he was due to receive a booster shot for his vaccine last week, but could not because he had fallen ill. Yeah, if only for- he'd gotten the booster. <laughs> yeah, I saw some funny posts that were like, you know, the vaccine didn't kill Colin Powell, but the you not getting it did kill him. <laughs> and it's like, that's a good point. Perfectly healthy 84-year-olds don't just die like that. We're trying to get... <laughs> if you're trying to encourage people to get the vaccine, uh, reminding them that you could potentially kill Colin Powell or maybe Henry Kissinger by not getting it is uh, not the best strategy, in my opinion. Yeah, no. I don't know a lot of people who are like very into Colin Powell and are like, I'm not getting it. Uh, it says here... As chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Mr. Powell was the architect of the invasion of Panama in 1989 and of the Persian Gulf War in 1991, which ousted Saddam Hussein from Kuwait but left him in power in Iraq. Along with Dick Cheney, the defense secretary at the time, Mr. Powell reshaped the American Cold War military that had stood at the ready at the Iron Curtain for a half century. In doing so, he stamped the Powell Doctrine on military operations, identified clear political objectives, gained public support, and used decisive overwhelming force to defeat enemy forces. When briefing reporters at the Pentagon at the beginning of the Gulf War, Mr. Powell summed up the military's approach. Our strategy in going after this army is very simple, he said. First, we're going to cut it off. Then we're going to kill it. Kill what? Uh, the Iraqi army. Oh, okay. No, he just meant, he, he meant we're going to kill it. Like, damn, we're going to fucking, we're going to kill this war shit. <laughs> well, the they did a hell of a job with uh, the retreating forces going on the highway of death. He, he was really good at covering up and overseeing massacres, that's for sure. Well, I want to get into that, but I mean, let, let's, I'm just jumping ahead in the uh, New York Times obituary to uh, the, the last little subhead they had covering his whole career. A painful speech at the UN 
It was so painful for him. It was so painful for him that he. Oh, it hurt him. Yeah, it hurt hurt him him so so deeply. He says here in a 76 minute speech at the United Nations on February 5th, 2003, Mr. Powell pressed the American case for a possible war to disarm Iraq, presenting photographs, electronic intercepts of conversations between Iraqi military officers, and information from defectors aimed at proving Mr. Hussein posed an imminent danger to the world. In the Bush administration's most explicit effort to connect the activities between Iraq and Al Qaeda, Mr. Powell suggested that Iraq's lethal weapons could be given at any time to terrorists who could use them against the United States or Europe. He provided new details about what he said were Iraq's effort to develop mobile laboratories to make germ weapons. He asserted that Iraq had sought to hide missiles in its western desert. Significantly, he cited intelligence reports that Mr. Hussein had authorized his military to use poison gas if the United States invaded. I like the idea that uh, just a couple of notes here. I, I remember the uh, the mobile biological weapons labs and at the, uh, at the UN um, presentation, he was like, uh, exhibit here about the mobile bioweb bioweapons labs is an artist rendering of what they would look like if we found one. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, I like the idea that he, they were hiding missiles in the country's western desert. Yeah, if I'm looking to hide missile batteries, I'm going to hide it in uh, the desert. A lot of places to, to hide missiles in the desert. But, I mean, you know, he could have, could have the same underground facilities that Osama bin Laden had. So, you know, never know. Uh, here's my favorite part, though. It's uh, Times writes here, before the speech, Mr. Powell had spent several days at the CIA grilling analysts on the intelligence, paring back many of the claims in an early White House draft of the speech that he felt were unsupported. Now he felt confident, he told aides before his address in New York. Leaving Saddam Hussein in possession of weapons of mass destructions for a few more months or years is not an option, not in a post-September 11th world, Mr. Powell declared. Uh, uh, this, to me, gets to the heart of uh, how uniquely evil Colin Powell was as a person and a figure in our national discourse, because if he had been a true believer, if he had actually bought the bullshit that Dick Cheney was selling the rest of the country, he wouldn't have taken it upon himself to so thoroughly vet the material that he was supposed to present. This was this like this bare like ass covering where he's like, I really did my due diligence at the CIA, really drilling down. And, you know, I shaved off a few of the more unsupported allegations in my uh, brief that I presented to the world full of nothing but unsupported allegations. I mean, I don't think it can be overstated that if there was one person alive that like could have technically stopped the Iraq war from happening, it was him. And he definitely, and he went along with it like a good soldier. And right. By the way, uh, this is a, uh, a, a shout out to our good friend, uh, John Schwartz of the intercept. Uh, it, it, um, we know now through, because of, uh, Colin Powell's uh, close personally, Larry Wilkerson, who was his chief of staff at the time, that um, on February 5th, in front of the UN Security Council, he said this, my colleagues, every statement I make today is backed up by sources, solid sources. These are not assertions. What we're giving you are facts and conclusions based on solid intelligence. Quote, there is no doubt in my mind. In private, Lawrence Wilkerson uh, recalls that Powell said the day before, walked into my office musing and said words to the effect of, I wonder how we'll all feel if we put a half a million troops in Iraq and march... I wonder how we'll all feel if we put half a million troops in Iraq and march from one end of the country to the other and find nothing. Uh, we found out. We were fine. It was cool. Yeah, no. Um, like, you know, that's why pencils have erasers. Don't worry about it. Well, that you know, the Iraqi army that had been dismantled previously, there were no elements of uh, that there were no Sunnis who were like, oh, holy shit, they're like getting rid of all of us and purging us. We have to uh, create sort of like an irregular terror army. That did not happen. It was fine. I do want to point out that Will did say Arach. Arach? Yeah, I heard that. Really? Yeah. You said Arach. Yeah. This motherfucker said Arach. Yeah. Okay. Like It's true. And it's true that pa- that Powell was the one guy who theoretically could have stopped the war in, in that he could have before, instead of going in front of the UN and saying that stuff, he could have gone in front of the UN and said, I quit. These guys are lying. And that might have been enough to throw uh, a wrench into it. I don't know. I mean, they were really, really fixed on doing it. So that might not even have been enough. And the media was really down for it too. So even that might not have been enough, but it could have was, it's the only thing that could have been a significant roadblock. Sure as hell wasn't going to be poor Janine Garofalo getting yelled at by Bill O'Reilly. No, I guarantee you if Colin Powell had done the thing, uh, that that you know people are speculating about and had not played the good soldier for George W. Bush and their war in Iraq, like essentially, 
because I mean, they needed him to go to the UN because he was the one member of their cabinet that was like trusted by the like by liberals and kind of the international media. He didn't manage to convince the international press, but he certainly managed to convince a lot of liberals in the in the U.S. media. But if he had done the thing that like you were speculating about and just said, "I quit," these guys are lying to you. I guarantee you, his obituaries today would uh, basically the headline would be controversial figure Colin Powell dies of COVID. <laughs> yeah, but he well, but but the thing is is that he. He was never going to do that because he was one of them. He wanted to do it. Yeah. He wanted to do the war. The difference between him and guys like Cheney and Rumsfeld, and the reason that he is in many ways kind of a more grotesque figure than they are, is that he wanted to do it without getting yelled at by the New York Times and the New York Times' readership. He, he, cares what, he cared about polite society and respectable opinion while they were invading Iraq, as opposed to the, the rest of the squad who were, who were rightly saying, as Karl Rove did, you guys are just commentators to the reality that we build. I, I way, way more respect that than a fucking mealy-mouthed bullshit coming out of Colin Powell. This, the, 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 I mean, he himself, he was going to run for president in 96, and he decided not to because he said he didn't have the fire in the belly. And that was basically his entire life is just a weak-willed, a uh, little remore for power who, who wanted all of the, uh, he wanted all the benefits and he wanted to be in the room when all the grand strategy was happening, but he didn't want the full implication of what that meant. Don't like, yeah. Don't forget that the reason that, that people feel like this is a betrayal erroneously is the respect that Powell built up as, you know, leading the invasion in Panama for a war that's as fraudulent and as fucking absurd as a rock. Yeah. A complete bullshit war where, yes, we mutilated and charred, the, charred people beyond recognition. This, probably by the thousands. We don't really know. They're still discovering yeah. mass did, graves in Panama. Yeah. We, he, yeah, he was Iraq, which, yes, we had, there was, um, there was a Bana for that war that people never talk about. There was a Kuwaiti child who said she was uh, dispossessed and, you know, uh, threatened by Iraqi forces and turned out to be the daughter of a Kuwaiti lobbyist, <laughs> which is not to say that like, oh yeah, no, it's like uh, Iraq should have invaded Kuwait, but more to say like, no, that's, that's not our business. Which, we, it's not something we should be involved in. Which is, and if you, and if you fundamentally like disagree with that, then we see the world, there's an irreconcilable difference in how we see the world. That's always who Powell was. He was, he was supposed to be better than Rumsfeld or Wolfowitz or any of those guys because he wore a different outfit while doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's why that, that detail about like days before his UN presentation, he spent at the CIA, you know, grilling analysts and like, uh, you know, excising some of the more controversial claims just shows you that like, I mean, like that's worse because he wouldn't have done that if he had, if he, if he wasn't filled with doubts about the things, the, the role that he was given and the intelligence that he was supposed to lend his credibility to. But that's just it. It's that what he actually cared about was how he was going to come off. Exactly. And that was it. You can hear that was yeah. it. And you can hear that in his obituary. I'm just going to read the end of it here. Two years later, Mr. Powell told Barbara Walters of ABC News that his speech to the United Nations had been painful for him personally and would forever be a blot on his record. I'm the one who presented it on behalf of the United States to the world, Mr. Powell said, acknowledging that his presentation will always be part of my record. Years later, the sting of the United Nations speech still pained him, yet he sought to move on. Let others judge me, Mr. Powell said in the 2007 interview. All I want to do is judge myself as a successful soldier who served his best. Congratulations, sir. You did exactly that. Rest in piss. All his moral agonizing at the CIA and the day before and when he's in the, you know, convoy of black SUVs going to the UN, all he's thinking about is in in seven years, will I be able to go on stage at a Black Eyed Peas concert? <laughs> will I like be accepted in that way even if I do this? And the answer was yes. Yeah, well, all he had to do was endorse Obama in 2008, and all was forgiven. Um, that is one great thing Powell gave us, is the greatest Fox News online headline of all time, which is uh, Powell spur, spurs speculation about Obama endorsement by appearing at rap concert. I <laughs> 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 seeing that and being like, Jesus Christ. He also gave us one of the most baffling old guy attempts at uh, talking about sex of all time in a leaked email in, I think, 2015. And he's talking about, like, 
the prospect of having to vote for Hillary Clinton. And he says, I don't, not really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, she's not transformational. The fact that he put that in it, like an actual email to a, a person he knew, like that's a meaningful phrase really tells you all you need to know. And then he said, meanwhile, his husband's still out there dicking bimbos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He put on a different outfit to write that line. <laughs> he put his kangle on backwards. <laughs> he put on a kangle and like Richie April's leather jacket. <laughs> dicking bimbos in, in their own He's, apartment. Um, and I will, I will give him credit. Um, he did give us Lawrence Wilkerson, who pretty like pretty cool. Like in 2005, watching him, he was like a DC Lou Pearlsman because you could all, <laughs> yeah, you could always like catch him on C-SPAN, and he'd be like, "Oh, uh, Abrams is dumb as a rock." <laughs> like this is awesome. That's true. He, yeah, he was the spicy one. He was cool. Like yeah, I don't. I forget if he got fired or he like quit or something, but. He would do all these great interviews where he, it's ostensibly like I'm going to show you what happens when what happens when the deep state lies and lead up to a war, blah, blah, blah. And there'd be a bit of that, but it was mostly just dishing. And he was like, Richard Pearl's a fat pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Richard Pearl, by the way, I was checking out this still alive Ugh. at eight. Yeah. Wolf Witz still alive. The gang is they're whittling away. Rumsfeld is gone. But uh, but Cheney's still there. All, all like the main guys are still around. And, you know, I got to say, as I did when Rumsfeld died, like everyone who's, uh, you know, uh, taking this opportunity to dance on his grave and be like, another bitch, corn cobbed. It's like, uh, <laughs> no, uh, he won. Uh, he died at 84. Yeah. He had blood cancer. What do you expect of him, man? Like, it just he won and largely did salvage his reputation. I mean, I'm seeing it. Was it uh, uh, my, fa- my favorite of the uh, the, 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 the liberal um, RIPs to him was I think Joanne Reed. He said she said. You know, like, uh, so inspirational. He had some tough times around America's wars. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to talk about uh, real quick. Hitler had some labor issues. <laughs> uh, it's like a, a tough time around America's wars. That was his job. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the army for 40 years. <laughs> he, was, he was the top military commander. <laughs> this is, yeah. But the, yeah, what else would his job? What was the thing that made up for that? The Black Eyed Peas concert? I think that uh, was no, it. No, the Call honestly. Me Maybe video. The Call Me the, where he, oh, he yeah. lip synced to the Carly Rae Jepsen song. Remember that? Oh, that was that was pretty cool. I thought we were going to get like racial harmony after that, but we didn't. Um, I just want to I just want to speak here. It says uh, when he when he said here, when, uh, you know, it's just that uh, uh, the UN speech was painful for him personally and would forever be a blot on his record. Uh, this is very calculated on his part because he's like, oh, that was the only blot on my record. Yeah, uh, shall, we, shall we bring up some of the other blots on Colin Powell's storied career, beginning with his role in covering up the My Lai massacre in Vietnam? Yeah, that's killing Willie Overall for him. Um, not only not only did he help cover up the My Lai massacre, uh, just reading here from an excerpt, in 19, uh, uh, 1963, Captain Colin Powell was one of the, uh, uh, an advisor serving a first tour with a South Vietnamese army unit. Powell's detachment sought to discourage support for the Viet Cong by torching villages throughout the Aishao Valley. While other U.S. advisors protested this countrywide strategy as brutal and counterproductive, Powell defended the, quote, drain the sea approach and then continued that defense in his 1995 memoirs, My American Journey. Uh, okay, we've got that. Uh, we already mentioned his role in the uh, invasion of Panama and the uh, many probably thousands of innocent civilians that was uh, killed during that utterly fraudulent war. Um, but did, w- would, would it surprise you that he was um, also one of the leading generals in charge of arming, train, arming and training the Salvadoran military during the 1980s? <laughs> Actually, I did not know that one. That's interesting. Uh, it says, as Reagan's national security advisor, this is uh, Robert Roberto Lovato uh, 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 compiled this, this, this thread here. As Reagan's national security advisor, Powell was among the leading voices advocating the counterinsurgency strategy that targeted the civilians who suffered the brunt of the war. He even supported Christi- Cristiani, president-elected as a member of uh, uh, the Arena Party, founded by Death Squad leader Dao Bison, uh, a Death Squad leader, Dao Bison. When the offenses of 1989 made clear that the Salvadoran military could not defeat the could not defeat the FMLN guerrillas, then chairman of George H.W. Bush's Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, Secretary uh, Powell threatened U.S. military in intervention. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, death squads in El Salvador, uh, thousands of civilians dead in Panama, uh, millions of civilians dead in Vietnam. 
Um, and then this is just before his UN speech. I mean, this is. Just, did you know actually that he actually served under Frank Carlucci in the Reagan administration? Oh man, yeah. you have to be a fucking creep to serve directly under him to report to that fucking guy. You're de- if you report to Frank Carlucci, you are down to do whatever, and you did. And the thing is, like, he won because he will be remembered fondly. Like, he, like, he, he has, he has in- inaccurately been uh, assessed as like breaking with the Bush administration. And I mean, like, uh, to the extent that, like, oh, like he he quit, or I don't know if he quit. He just he stopped serving in the second term, and then voted for Obama, and then Hillary Clinton. I mean, if that's the break with the Bush administration, I mean, he didn't. Uh, he won, though. He won. Uh, so, uh, Colin, we hardly knew you. Uh, moving on, uh, Chris, could you cue up those clips? Uh, yeah, let's have, let's have some fun. I would like to watch a couple of these clips of um, cops quitting their job because they're afraid of getting a shot. Not getting shot, getting a shot. This is my final sign-off. Um, after 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington, um, being asked to leave because I am dirty. Um, <laughs> fatalities, um, injuries, I've worked sick, I've played sick. Um, we've buried lots of friends over these years. I'd like to thank you guys. I'd like to thank the... Um, citizens of Yakima County, as well as my fellow officers within the Valley. Without you guys, I wouldn't have been very successful and you've kept me safe and got me home to my family every night. Um, thank you for that. Um, wish I could say more, but, um, this is it. So state 1034, this is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car and Jay Ansley can kiss my ass. Okay. Pause. I want to point out, he said a crucial thing there. I played dirty. <laughs> was he like pausing other cops? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So he's uh, uh, this is this is Washington State Trooper signing off for the last time. Uh, can we queue up, queue up the next one? There's another. There's another one of these. Oh God! Look at this guy. Look at this butterball. He doesn't need the shot. <laughs> yeah. Due to my personal choice to take a moral stand against. For medical freedom, <laughs> I will be signing out of service for the last time today. After nearly 17 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington, it has been my honor and privilege to work alongside all of you. I want to take a moment to thank those that have helped me be successful. Did you like Oscar speeches? Every day. Yeah. At the end of each shift, to hear the rip, hear the ripping of that Velcro. Is a relief to my. He's talking about his shoes. <laughs> I admonish each of you, knowing that despite what the press releases and the news conferences are saying to downplay this role, we all know in this district on the 19th there will be 51 of the 75 troopers available and only seven of the 11 sergeants. So please, please, please take care of each other. take care of each other <laughs> be safe and make sure you all go home at the end of each day again thank you to each and every one of you that have stood alongside me and that we have helped each other out but as for me I am out of service and on to new adventures <laughs> wait what it's on to new adventures on to new adventures uh, I, he's, he's, going, he's going to like a discovery zone <laughs> by himself i want to point out something i love about these uh for the most part except for one part where he says i want to admonish people for uh what the press conferences are saying for the most part none of these guys seem to be doing cop speak they're not going on uh, july 14th i perpendicularly my arm away from the shot and did not kinetically receive the penetrating projectile of the vaccine into my arm they're not doing how cops usually talk and do you think it's like they're like oh i'm quitting that's like i have to turn in my service gun i also have to turn in all those vocabulary <laughs> yeah i can never i can never refer to a particular individual again <laughs> I, uh, nothing will ever happen kinetically in my life i will never i will no longer be optically assessing situations for the washington <laughs> state uh troopers um what i do like about these guys um uh, is I really like the idea of these guys. I've been 17 years on the job. I love the idea of them going from what is comprehensively one of the cushiest jobs on the planet to the actual labor force, like the actual jobs market. 
Yeah, it's, it's got to be a, a rude awakening they're in for. I think they all think they're going to be like cool private detectives or something. Like Bosch. Yeah, they're all going to turn into Bosch. Oh, my God. I would love a noir novel written by one of these butterballs. At, oh, at, oh, 1900 hours, a female-style individual perambulated into my office and displayed legs that were longer than previously seen legs on a femaleistic <laughs> style person. She produced a cylindrical tobacco style device out of her breast pocket. The breasts were, by the way, heaving and kinetically tearing at the bra material and the silk on her dress. She, uh, at this point, at this point, she approached the desk and the officer who was producing blood flow in his penileistic region and said, you look like a man who can do a lot. <laughs> She uh she tasked me with uh locating a uh, a certain bird of prey a raptor if you will from the Malt island of Malta. <laughs> so it's just Chinatown where he just like kills Faye Donaway instantly. <laughs> Faye Donaway. Um, no, they're all gonna end up having to do like MLM shit. So instead of you know, shooting a guy and dropping crack on him, they're gonna have to sprinkle Herbalife containers. And say that he signed to be on my downline before I open fire. But that's what I mean. Is like uh, they're going from a job with like excellent benefits that you like literally cannot get fired from. And uh, yeah, like obviously, like and now, and now they're gonna have to like a like a boss on their ass. You know, it won't be a stupid chief anymore. It'll be an actual boss. But they're doing it. They're doing it for hu- for freedom. Even though their job is literally to be the arbitrary annihilator of all human rights. Uh, at any given moment, like a cop has the ability to deny you as a as a regular schmuck of all rights, including the right to be alive at any given moment with no fucking accountability of any kind. They're going to defend our freedom. I'm very, very thankful. That's what I mean. I would, I would love any of these guys to like after working 20 years as a state trooper have to end up in a job where they're like facing the customers. And then like, oh, yeah, wait, you actually they, have to they kiss they their ass. Just fucking shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, no, they'll see what they're defending. I mean, I, I do like that um, these are Washington guys because I'm just, I don't know a ton about Washington. I'm just going to make a wild assumption that I'm going to assume is later I got like 30 DMs of people telling me I'm right. Um, I'm going to assume the main crime in Washington is like pillheads stealing from Home Depot <laughs> and like construction sites. I'm going to assume that's the main that's the main job for these guys that's what they were doing for well they're state years. troopers so they're probably just like fucking writing tickets all day yeah i wonder i wonder how many of these guys are going to fail out of mlm or have a rage episode working at best buy and like they'll have to get into copper wire theft <laughs> we'll see some of the perps they used to bust i mean i don't mean to i don't mean to correct you in real time felix but you know just just to ward off the dms here i mean the most the most prevalent crime in the state of Washington is, of course, fathers and incestuous relationships with their daughters who are possessed by elder spirits from the Black Lodge. Murders of that sort. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I mean, like, actually, they'll be fine because that's like a lot of what Best Buy's loss prevention does. <laughs> that happens a lot at Best Buy's because what happens is, and like, I don't mean to gross people out here, but usually. Usually a demon comes from the home audio section and possesses the daughter. And wouldn't you know it? She's in the home appliances section. She's stuck in the washing machine. What do you think happens? <laughs> uh, did you see um, uh, this is like related to these uh, the the uh, the Washington State troopers. But did you see there was like a it was a troop and uh, they like uh, filmed themselves getting the vaccine. And, but they were holding up a printer sheet that said, I am doing this under duress. God. <laughs> How, where, uh, what if, what has happened? Where, like, I honestly am turning into one of those, like, a fucking Adam, Adam Carolla bitching about participation trophies thing. No one eats stew anymore. What, what universe is that fucking cool? <laughs> where you're, you, the sign should say, I am a pussy. <laughs> if you don't want the fucking shot, don't get it. Well, I mean, you're in the military. Like, you just want to remind everybody that you uh, have, you're a weak willed bitch who will do what the state tells you, no matter what your principles say and you're gonna brag about that on the internet astounding how far we done fell (laughs) yeah yeah i mean yeah it's like you're not even so like the line of thinking is like this is medical tyranny this is fascism they're gonna kill me but it's like i just i need to be able to buy a hellcat before they have to stop making them because of the v8 engine and also 
I'm a, I would love it like uh, if just like you know, uh, you know, you have to clean the, you have to clean, you have to, you have to scrub the head. You got to do twenty push-ups, and it's like I'm doing this under duress. I just want everyone to know. <laughs> Does it mean like you know, being ordered to do things that you don't want to do is sort of the whole deal with the army? And not, not only that, but like the army also just like whacks you up with all kinds of experimental vaccines, especially if you're going overseas. Oh, all day. Like you know how many fucking shots like everyone who went to Iraq and Afghanistan got of uncertain provenance. Yeah, but these are the ones that they saw on Facebook. Like that's what's that's why this is so depressing, and I cannot. You ever squint at this and think, oh, look, people are fighting against, uh, you know, authority or whatever. It's it's everyone is completely trapped in the same partisan uh, funhouse mirror. Like the only thing that can get a critical mass of people uh, resisting something is if they're seeing it reinforced culturally. And the only forces that can do that at a large scale are uh, either global homo, our friends uh, or the uh, the right wing response to that, and that so that's all you can get is is people have, have freaking out because it has the wrong brand name because because it's it's branding grosses them out, and that by taking it they will be owned, and then they have to they have to resist it. So there we go. Um, yeah. So uh, I mean, like you know, the, the the cops actually did quit, you know, and like and you know what. Uh, good on them because, like I said, they quit one of comprehensively probably one of the sweetest gigs you can get is a state trooper in, in Washington. I mean, I'm just going to assume they're going to like go to Texas or Florida or something and, and apply there. Just go shop for a state where they don't have to get the vaccine, which there are plenty of. Well, you got to start at the bottom. How? Yeah, but there's going to be like overflow. Like how many how many cops can you keep on the payroll? I and mean, they're I'm be- sure that they would love to find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm sure. No, but I'm just like a lot of them will. But I'm just saying, like, there's going to be at least in Austin, there are going to be cop crust punks. <laughs> 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 they're going to have like a mangy canine German shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have like they're going to have the most fucked up white dreads ever, <laughs> like a flat top dread. Just one flat top thread. <laughs> Just flopping off to one side. Yeah. Uh, moving on from uh, uh, the vaccine mandate and uh, cops and troops quitting their jobs. I do want to talk briefly um, about a lot of the, uh, the just just bring up like, like two, uh, two rather humorous items from uh, the wave of strikes that are going on over this country right now. I mean, there's a lot of them. Uh, you know, John Deere and Kellogg's are, are the two ones at the top of my mind. Um, I, I am. We are working on, on sourcing uh, some guests to talk about these issues because I do think they're important. But uh, the first one is, did you see the thing about how um, John Deere uh, attempted to uh, <laughs> keep their factory floor running with people from like the engineering department? <laughs> yeah. And then within yep, the, and within the first hours, annihilated it. Yeah. <laughs> within the first hours of them opening the ship, there were numerous nine one one calls because people had like <laughs> driven a forklift over someone's foot. It was like Mad Men. It was like the lawnmower scene in Mad Men. But uh, yeah, no, it was like they were injuring themselves. They were like fucking like <laughs> toppling over fucking shit on the factory floor. So uh, that's going great for them. And then there, uh, there was this other one from uh, this is from the. Uh, uh, Courier Journal, the Louisville Courier Journal. Uh, it says uh, the union representing employees at the Heaven Hill Distillery in Bardstown says a truck crash near the facility on Wednesday was caused by a driver making a threatening gesture towards a striking worker. A non-union delivery driver was driving a truck with flammable cargo at an unsafe speed, the United Food and Commercial Workers said in a statement Wednesday night when they, quote, took their hands off the steering wheel to make a threatening gesture to a UFCW Local 23D member on strike, and the truck veered out of control and flipped over. No one was hurt, the union said. (laughs) It's like non-union driver with a fucking... The tank of like benzene gas or something <laughs> just flips the truck because he's doing. Hey, he's like my dick asshole. <laughs> it's like the part in the Bible when those kids are making fun of that dude for being bald, and then a bunch of bears come out and just eat them. Is that in the Glenn Danzig censored Bible? Yes. <laughs> Is that where Jesus Christ kills a child for making fun of him? And the, all the parts of the Bible about vampires and werewolves. Suppressed by the Vatican. <laughs> Suppressed by the Council of Nicaea. Well, that, that was what Vatican II was. Yeah. They're like, we're going to release more vampire stories from the Bible, and that's how they made Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, it does seem like there's a lot of a lot of strikes going on in America right yeah, now. Yeah, the uh, the the labor market's uh, basically going insane, and and the uh, it's uh, the supply chain problems are all part of that. Uh, I I I've given up trying to figure out what is happening or what's going to happen. Seems like uh, seems like there's no real percentage in that, uh, other than just buying some canned goods and and uh, strapping in. I do th- I do think it's funny though. I've got to say. It's another win for bug men. You remember a year ago? You remember a year ago when people were like, oh, yeah, what kind of fucking loser would pay money to live in a city? Yeah. I can I can live in a great house in a rural county where everyone hates me because I just went insane from online and I bought this house. And now they're like, "I please, I'm starving to death. There's no more food. All the food has been sent to be put into Grubhub shipments being sent to WeWorks. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah, people people have been saying that they're trying to starve out non-Biden voters. Yeah. Hey, fuck little... stay winning. Back the winning team. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a when you think that's like a little hyperbolic. <laughs> it reminds me of a, a tiny bit. It reminds me of Brace's reply to that communism kills account where she's like, I'm freezing. There's no heat in our house. And he's just like, I'm in a communism camp right now. We've got tons of radiators, tons of warm blankets. I'm warm as hell. But so, yeah, yeah. No, we got tons of food in the pod. It's great in here. We got bugs. All the bugs you games, need. Got all the bugs you can eat. It's wonderful. Well, yeah, no, it is like it is complaining that there isn't enough bugs coming to your pod. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah, that is literally the complaint here. And like, I mean, no, and, you, and, and then the thing is. I, what what struck struck what has struck me about stru- ah, fuck! what has struck me about this is <laughs> is how the demand like I, I I was really baffled when people got mad at us for not like taking the supply chain stuff seriously enough like there's no demand for us to like do anything not even to have like a uh, policy prescription for it all we're supposed to do is care that's it you just have to show. That you're not a bug man by evincing a, a affect about this and like pretending to be sad about it. The same way that you're supposed to be sad that a bunch of hillbillies and hayseeds ch- uh, did a uh, did an insurrection in the Capitol. Like, is there something you're supposed to do? Is there a, a, a political agenda you're supposed to support? No, you're just supposed to care. That's it, and it's all. You're supposed to care to show commitment to uh, to a side, to sh- to show that you're one of the good ones. And uh, no, I'm not. I'm I'm a bad one. I mean, I, yeah, I've, no, decided, it, I've decided that I'm just I'm just a bad one. And of, I mean, I don't, I don't know who uh, was getting mad at us not taking this seriously. I mean, I think it's just because we we said treats and that was sort of dismissive we did. That, about. Oh uh, my god, I was sort of dismissive, insane. like oh, gas is uh, four dollars a gallon now. People need people need to get to work or whatever. Yeah, they, like, do. Okay, they do. What they am I going to do about it? Well, they, yeah, they do. They do, you know, like I, I don't relish the thought about people like not getting, uh, not getting, not getting food or whatever. I mean, or or even creature comforts. I mean, I thought we were pretty clear that um, this was serious because if if the treats, whatever you want to call them, the consumer conveniences of American life begin to go away or get more sparse, then yeah, that is a pretty fucking serious deal. I mean, you can you can feel bad about it one way or the other, but yeah, like it's the thin fucking thread connecting our civilization at all anymore so uh, i'm not i don't relish the idea of that going away but also a lot of people being like oh uh getting mad about this shit is just like well i mean you spent your entire life uh supporting politicians and causes to make life fucking harder and more expensive for everyone else so like uh uh maybe you should feel bad you know well, yeah, I mean, like, they, like, unless you support, like, I don't know, like a uh, universal health care or fucking like a, 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 a livable minimum wage or something like maybe when these supply chain fluctuations happen, it won't be so fucking dire for people because they have some breathing room in their fucking month to month budget because they're not paying five thousand dollars a month in health insurance or something like that. Well, we have we have like talked a lot about uh, the CPI outpacing out wages, but that is, again, it's like everything else. It's like when you talk about the Great Reset. Okay, yeah, the Great Reset happened 40, 50 fucking years ago. Yeah. Everything you're seeing now, it's just a, it's a new feature being tacked on. Well, what it is is it's people who ha- until this moment had not been affected by this shit being affected by it. And the assumption has to be that there needs to be some sort of secret machination to uh, instill 
uh, uh, obedience to this new order, but it's the old order. It's it the the structures of uh, democratic resistance. Any of this are, are have been totally eroded. It's just now people are coming to terms with the fact that they are no longer going to be able to benefit uh, from a, a system that stopped caring about stopped caring about the the uh, interests of people a long time ago, but. For until this point, have largely been uh, protected from the consequences of that. Well, I I don't know. I think if all of America got together, just like how they're getting together right now at the John Deere factory, and yeah, there there are some hiccups right now, but they're going to work it out. I think if we all got together, all the fired cops and like troops who quit, and me, I think we can make our own uncrustables. <laughs> no, happy but if there is a, if there's any like if there is anything. Uh, uh, to to care about to like invest your hopes in. Uh, it's not whining about things or 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 showing yourself to care uh, about some abstract person who's being inconvenienced or harmed by supply chains. It's the fact that for the first time in a while, we're seeing a actual significant upsurge in worker militancy at the point of production and people are getting together and fucking striking in, un- in, in unprecedented for the era numbers, even absent any help from the Biden administration, even absent uh, a pro act. And that if there's going to be any pressure against the, whatever you want to call it, the great reset, whatever the fuck you want to call it, it's going to come not from any uh, politically uh, structured uh response to the news which is what we have instead of politics it's going to be people uh organizing well to uh move on to another thing that's uh not funny and uh you shouldn't laugh at and we shouldn't certainly make light of headline captured killed or compromised cia admits to losing dozens of informants oops Uh (laughs) uh-oh Oh, man. Top American counterintelligence officials warned every CIA station and base around the world last week about about troubling numbers of informants recruited from other countries to spy for the United States being captured or killed, people familiar with the matter said. The message in an unusual top secret cable said that the CIA's counterintelligence mission center had looked at dozens of cases in the last several years involving foreign informants who had been killed, arrested, or most likely compromised. Although brief, the cable laid out a specific number of agents executed by rival intelligence agencies, rival intelligence agencies, a closely held detail that counterintelligence officials typically do not share in such cables. The cable highlighted the struggle the spy agency is having as it works to recruit spies around the world in difficult operating environments. In recent years, adversarial intelligence services in countries such as Russia, China, Iran, and Pakistan have been hunting down the CIA sources, and in some cases, turning them into double agents. Uh, You know, I think I'm getting, I think I understand Havana syndrome now. I, I get it. The, the guy shows up in your office and goes, hey, 15 of the agents of the of the uh, informants you recruited just got fucking murked. And then you just so uh, my tummy hurts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, isn't this like just guy? I mean, this this rhymes with everything else we're talking about so well, because like, you know, we've been for weeks now talking about the the absolute obscenity and insult of how quickly they pass that have victims of Havana syndrome healthcare act. But like these are all people. These are not. This is not James Bond who's getting fucking Havana syndrome. These are all the upper management of like the CIA and State Department who like you know go on official junkets and uh, uh, you know work out of embassies and shit like that. The people they rely on are getting fucking executed by the Chinese military yeah. <laughs> and the Iranian government. They're not getting any healthcare coverage. They're not getting Havana syndrome. They're getting a bullet in their head. <laughs> Maybe they need more Havana syndrome. Like they, de- I mean, like let's just uh, take them at their word; it's real. Like it's they already suck at their job. Yeah, like they're, they're not good. They they like the CIA always does this. Every time they've just like taken a huge one on the dome, they're like, oh, and you, well, guess what? Uh, all everyone we've ever recruited has been murdered. <laughs> <laughs> like they like kick and scream on the ground about how much they suck and how they never win. But uh, yeah, it's like well, maybe this is like an X Men type thing. And there's a solar flare mutating your cells, but it only works in people who eat at Kosi nine times a week. <laughs> and it's going to make you better at not getting your agents killed. We just need, a, yeah, we need to, we need to spread it out. It's like uh, the 
Do you know that, Will? The, the, the dust, the Eternals dust. No, I don't even want to talk about <laughs> What? I don't want to. It's mind. called Adderall XR. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't know about the Eternals dust. I don't want to bring up. I don't want to talk about that movie I don't at mean, all. No, I, don't, no I don't want. That movie has. If that movie succeeds, we truly are doomed as a society. If they can just say, hey, here's some guys none of you have ever heard of standing in a field. And one of them uh, has body dysmorphia from doing HGH, and you're supposed to feel bad for them. And then uh, um, a hundred million people see it. We're lost. We're done for. Matt, are you, are you saying that? Wait, characters that nobody has heard about. You're talking about Kingo, buddy. <laughs> wait, are you are you implying that? Wait, you're saying that Druig isn't people's favorite character from the comics? <laughs> I would leave. I would leave this one to the real geeks. <laughs> That's every time. Every time. Every time you see Kingo, you should be going. That's Kingo. Yeah, you should be raising the roof every time you see Kingo, the most one of the most beloved figures in uh, in comic book history. Yeah, I'll tell you who I'm really excited for, and uh, this is this is a really fucking cool role. Like, I'm sorry to swear, but I'm just so excited as a comics fan. Um, the the character Herman. Mm. Yeah, is, he's actually is he a thinker yeah, or a fighter? He's sort of both. He's like the best scientist ever because he's the first scientist, Ooh. and he's he's actually played by uh, Doug Benson. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sick, right? His um, power is is getting really high. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Mm. I'm seeing the I'm seeing the internals. <laughs> no, the C, the CIA's thinkers have a Vanna syndrome. Their fighters. Have been been stuffed into a fucking <laughs> coffin and buried alive somewhere in Pakistan. Uh, all right, okay. Uh, all right, with you guys now, I'd like to close out the show. Um, I, I know people people were begging for this. I can't believe we let it. Uh, we, we let we let this one slide. But I, yeah. know, I know you must have. Uh, all right, would you guys? Are you guys? You ready? gotta let you gotta let it ferment a you little. Gotta bit. let it breathe you gotta a little give bit. It a chance. Uh, you got you gotta let those tannins build up. You got to decant it. You got to leave it out. You got to let it breathe. So important. Would you guys like to now dive into? And you know, I I I say this, you know, with I, this this is no exaggeration here. Would you guys now like to dive into what I believe is comprehensively the most insane thing Rod Dreher has ever written? Wow. Okay. Here we go. That's saying Let's a lot. Go. And uh, <laughs> my favorite part, <laughs> my favorite part about what I'm about to read. Is that ostensibly this 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 blog post is all about the author Gary Steingart and his fucked up circumcision? <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's about Gary Steingart's chronic dick pain, and I gotta say, uh, shout out to Gary Steingart. Uh, he was uh, actually um, pretty good friends with my dad, and when we were uh, in in Dublin on our our, our tour, uh, my dad came over to to hang out, and on the last day we were in Dublin, it was actually a Bloomsday. And I was out with a bunch of uh, uh, Amber's Irish friends, and they and they took they took us uh, they took us to a pub uh, that was featured in Ulysses. You know, Ulysses, Bloomsday, a great combination. So I'm in the pub having a few pints. Who walks in? Gary Steingart. I so I like I flick it up with him, and I send it to my dad, and I go, Dad, you got to come out. Like he had retired for the evening, but I was like, Dad, you got to come out to the bar. Gary Steingart and his fucked up dick are here. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean uh nothing but respect to gary um but okay here's rod and I, you know he gets right to it it's in the first paragraph you know you know what's coming i have never given circumcision a single thought <laughs> <laughs> i have never given circumcision a single thought other than to consent to my son's circumcision europeans think it's weird for american gentiles to be circumcised and i think they're right uh wow, I agree with I agree with Rod right off. The bat. But he it just is. did it anyway. Yeah, yeah, he just did it anyway. Wow, yeah. wait, wait, wait to be a nonconformist. He goes, and I think they're right. But I remember the one kid we had in my elementary school class, a black boy who had been born at home and who was not circumcised. All us boys wanted to stare at his primitive root wiener when we were uh, we sorry? were at the urinal during research. Uh, yes, let's run that back for a second. Um, the uh, a black boy in uh, Rod's uh, elementary school class was uh, not circumcised, and according to Rod, all us boys wanted to stare at his primitive root wiener when mm. we were at the urinal during recess. Mm. I mean, where's Robin D'Angelo when you need her? <laughs> when they were at the urinal during recess. You go to the urinal before recess. What the fuck is going on here? 
I've, I've Rod, just, Rod went to school at Bergheim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, kids, save it up for recess. <laughs> save all that piss up for recess so you can have a good time. Primitive root wiener. What, where, why both it's of just, those words? Just, I mean, obviously, primitive is very problematic. That yeah, goes without yeah. saying. But for me, that, but also it's like, well, duh, he's Rob Dreyer. Of course he's going to say that. But root and wiener. It's the what? perfect Rod Dreyer phrase. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, Absolutely. this is why Rod is the king. Like, he, he cannot help but shade what's on it. Like, he, can, he cannot veil yeah. in any sense what is actually on his mind. And he's yeah. just like, I'll have you know, I've uh, never once thought about circumcision, other than my own son's circumcision, which I consented to. But um, for the last 45 years of my life, I have been thinking about this one black kid's dick. <laughs> you know, it's, Proust's Madeline, it's like that. Only it's a dick. <laughs> It's what it's really is the perfect rod phrase. It was it's what I would use to explain it to somebody to explain rod as fast as I could, because it's racist. Yeah, it's like homoerotic, but also like not in a regular way. Oh, no, even like in a regular repressed, you know, conservative guy way. It's it's homoerotic in like a body horror. Yeah, yeah. He gets everything like he's clearly like some part of this is as erotically fixated him for all these years, but in a way that is very difficult to imagine as like erotic and not just horrifying. Like even he cannot, he can't. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it's like if pinhead wrote a letter to Dan (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm actually glad I uh, waited this long to do the piece because he does have an update at the end where he, oh, he, del- he delves further Good. into why he used the phrase primitive root wiener. Yeah, but let's he goes, hear it. Uh, all of us boys wanted to stare. And that's the other thing, wanted to stare. <laughs> it wasn't just that we couldn't help ourselves. It's that we they actively wanted to look at it. Can uh, we interview the other kids? <laughs> I would like to know who else will go on record saying that that was what they were doing. Right, the, the, okay, I, I just like, I got to read the rest of the paragraphs. Let's just see if we can get through this without any interjection, because I think like the cumulative effect of it is quite something. Okay, okay. All us boys wanted to stare at his primitive root wiener when we were at the urinal during recess because it was monstrous. Nobody told us that wieners could look like that. The kid didn't know why his penis was so strange looking, and neither did we. Third grade, man. Okay, so I, I just, I, when I first read this, my favorite part of this was when he just goes at the end, third, third grade, grade, man. man. <laughs> like, man, aren't, aren't third graders weird? It's like, no, no, yeah. Rod, like, you are, you are the, the strangest man alive now. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, like, it's not about how odd, you know, cause, you know, like, school kids, you know, like, bodies, difference, you know, like, I mean, there's something understandable there in, in, the, in the way uh, young boys' minds uh, work. But, like, uh, Rod's mind, because um, I, I, I don't even want to compare his mind to that of just the sort of, like, uh, like uh, impish buffoonery of young children. Like, there's something much, uh, much more malevolent and deeper oh, going yeah. on here. Yeah, third grade, and, and he is so fixated on on making you understand that it's a universal condition. Yeah, exactly. The, oh, yeah. Aren't we all like this? Don't we all remember when we were like <laughs> riveted by the monstrous wiener we couldn't help look at? And he says it was monstrous. And then the fact that he uses the phrase wiener multiple yeah. times is yeah. like. I guess yeah, it's like he's, he's trying, trying to diffuse to it take in the some edge way, off a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's like, like oh, he's kid like, stuff. Oh, it's a wiener. Like, 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 a, like a like an adult man doesn't have a wiener, you know. So yeah. he's like, this is just kid stuff here. Yeah. But like, I mean, come on, man. Like, it's just, I mean, I mean, it's been like a running joke about Rod for years that I mean, like he is like, <laughs> like he he is gayer than like putting a man's cock in your mouth and sucking it until far, ejaculation. Far. <laughs> like he like he. And and like that's why like like that's why all he writes about like there there are cultural conservatives that uh, demonize gay people in a way that is about like uh, how should I put this there 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 are, there are, there are cultural conservatives that like make uh, uh, gay people and increasing acceptance of uh, uh, sexual minorities in popular culture or in broader American society they're, they 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 make it into a culture war issue that it's about like oh uh, you know this is a uh, uh, you know, breaking, it's leading to anarchy or breaking down the family or making us less masculine as a nation. And then there are writers like Rod who 
are fixated on the issue not because of like uh, they're fixated on the actual uh, mechanics of yeah. gay sex and yes. like and like and, and like what they regard as the um, uh, uniquely extreme and depraved features of like a gay a gay man's life. Which yeah. is which is like you know uh, promiscuity, uh, fisting, uh, you know, just they're they're like uh, shit. I mean, for lack of a better word, they're they're, yeah. they're fixated on the anus as like that is the threat to American society and to the West or whatever is a man's asshole. Yeah, yeah. I so th- there are other like conservatives whose yeah, as Will said, their main issue is. Yeah, like gay stuff, culture war, et cetera. And there are even guys in that fold who are like people think they're closeted. Like we, we've all talked about, you know, how much we love Marcus Bachman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Rod is Rod brings something that's I it's it's sort of like how like when Trump is like um, no one takes any risks at New York Fashion Week. It's not even like it's not even gay. It's like yeah. well, this is like a new thing. I feel the same way with Rod because he it's so fucked up what he ends up saying always that he always couches it in like, oh, you know, this was normally like everyone did this. Like he'll write something that'll be like, you know, every you know, man, a lot of Gen Xers probably read this. You know, you know, growing up in the 70s, it was ridiculous. We all grew our hair out. We had bell bottoms. Everyone had that day when they were 19 where they had held the mailman at gunpoint and forcibly explored his body. <laughs> Everyone did it. We all did it. We all thought about it. And, and Rod, but that was just being a Gen Xer. And Rod will always have like this, like uh, he's like, dear readers, I assure you, it brings me no joy or pleasure to have to describe to you in exquisite yeah. detail. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I am yeah, forced to do I this. Am, the people need simply, to know. Simply because we need to get beyond euphemism when we talk about the gay lifestyle. And I'm yeah. going to hold a flashlight under my chin and essentially do the audiobook version of a gay porn that I just watched. <laughs> so I'm like, I analyze frame by frame like the Zapruder film. Uh, then, then he just like, uh, he goes on talking about Gary Steingart. And I, I, you know, like uh, Gary had to deal with a midlife with a late circumcision gone wrong. So, uh, so sorry, sorry, Gary. Yeah, sucks, uh, dude. Yeah, uh, uh, but then, okay, let's go to, let's skip to the update because, you know, we, we, don't need, we, don't need to, we don't need to drag Gary, Gary down with this ship. Um, it says, update. For some reason, Discus won't let me reply to some comments wondering about my phrase primitive root wiener. <laughs> <laughs> That's big tech censorship for you. Hey, I thought it was funny. More, yeah, that's definitely what you thought. Yeah. Hey, I thought it was funny. More than half the boys in my class were black and everybody white and black, but this one kid was circumcised. None of us have ever seen How do you know that? Yeah, how do you know? What, yeah. How do you know all of them were? Wow. We're, ah, because we're, he says ah, it getting like he this. doesn't know the difference, right? Like we don't know why his was weird. So how the hell are you like are you doing he must be taking like attendance, like dick attendance. Yeah. I mean, his taste well, is different, too. <laughs> <laughs> what if this is like the only thing he has photographic memory for? But it's like perfect. <laughs> like every gym locker room he's ever gone in. He's got a he's got a mind palace, but it is a mind locker room. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a perfect photo, realistic remembrance of every penis he has ever seen. <laughs> you know well, the best movie of all time being Rod Dreher, oh like being John Malkovich. Uh, none of us, none of us had ever seen an uncircumcised penis before. It looked very weird to us, like a root. Ever seen an uncircumcised wiener? <laughs> 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 Only every time I look in the mirror, Rod. Uh, we used to have. Okay, this is this is really weird. He says, uh, in, in case it wasn't already, uh, he says, uh, we used to have to stand at a pee trough at recess, whip it out, and do our business. So what, like. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew he grew up in the South, but like, yeah, I, I think he went a, to Carcosa <laughs> Elementary School. I, lo- I love all, all the, the boys like, lining up at recess at the pee trough. They all whip it out, and you know, all, all of a sudden, there's a there there. Oh, there's one that's different, and Rod is just like the Terminator, fucking like like <laughs> just zooming in on it or whatever. But like, time to bust out our jeweler's loop. <laughs> it's like this is what they did at recess, and like, and the, why were all of the boys peeing at the same time at recess? Just yeah, it's just, like they were ready to get picked for a team. You know, Rod was like, <laughs> my, the root wiener always got picked last for the pee trough. 
<laughs> this is like this is I love the South. Because like every single thing they do to this day was invented by some guy who owned like four thousand slaves. Yeah. And when he died like never had any kids and when he died they found like thirty thousand pages of letters to another seventy year old man who had leprosy that are like <laughs> I want to hold you against my bosom betwixt my thighs and <laughs> wrestle you like we did when we were young and taste your root <laughs> and your seed and be with you. And like all their, all their traditions are things that that guy invented. Yeah. Where he's like, um, I just think that it would be nice if all the boys peed at the same time in every school <laughs> in the entire state forever. It goes, uh, uh yeah, we used to stand at the pea trough at recess, you know, as one does, whip it out and do our business. Little boys being little boys. Things were noticed and comments were made. We thought the kid was deformed. I brought it up to my dad later, and he said it was a common thing for children in the country born at home. I was trying ab- <laughs> I was trying above to make fun of how weird it is coming from a circumcision culture to see an uncircumcised penis. When you don't even when you didn't even know such a thing existed. For the record, many years later, I was in an all male gym shower in the Netherlands as an adult. <laughs> and someone and someone asked me in all honesty if I was Jewish because I was the only circumcised person in this shower full of white men. Um <laughs> I think we are I hate to use the word again, getting to the root of something. <laughs> I I think that they, like it may be he is obsessed with this because it is like Chances are, if you're an American, uh, you 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 probably are circumcised. And for Rob Rod, it's like, um, oh, you like made me Jewish, yeah, <laughs> against my will. Well, I mean, which I mean, and it is like, I mean, circ- it's circumcision's like tough because it is it is f- simultaneously funny to talk about it all the time to be a guy who's obsessed with it, but at the same time, it is like. This is kind of insane how I mean, everyone just wild. does this. The cranks yeah. are right about this. You know, yeah. like, I, I, I yeah, it, for it, sure. it is, um, it is not, it, okay, it, it, it is not like female circumcision, but it is, I mean, it's on the same wavelength. It, you know what the, I'm saying? The fact that, as he said, like, oh, yeah, I never thought about it. They just said, hey, should we do it to your son? He's like, sure. That's wild. That's fucked up. Don't, you should think about it a little bit. It's a thing you're doing to a dick. It is crazy, right? Like it is sort of fucking nuts. Yeah, but it yeah. it just it just sucks because yeah, if you're like you you do seriously want to think about it, but then it's like yeah, everyone who thinks about it is like this or yeah. like the intactivist guys that everyone laughs at. But they're right. Yeah, it's tough. I bet I bet in like seventy years. This is going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, you like you made fun of anti-Iraq war activists. Yeah. And we're just like, sorry. I don't know. Like, God willing. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. God willing. God willing. But I mean, just like uh, uh, but back to Rod and, and his brain. Like, I mean, like what I said, like the Rod is uniquely obsessed with um, the like I said, the intimate details of gay sex as like the main reason he's opposed to being gay. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, if you weren't gay, it's like not really an issue. Yeah, for you, like you know, if you yeah, don't want to, like, yeah, I, I, I won't like, do that then. Well, it's a big deal. Yeah, if you're not into cruising, like it's not a problem. Um, but like, do you think like the whole racial element here, uh, sort of like colors some of his weirder obsessions about race in America as well? Oh yeah, perhaps. <laughs> I'm just gonna go out on a limb here, and uh, that word suggest, primitive. Yeah, primitive. There is uh, is doing a lot of work. Like he's afraid of he 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 sees like gayness and blackness as these tempting uh, atavisms, yeah, that are going to pull him away from his his civilized uh, uh, Christian heterosexual life path that he totally wants and prefers and is natural and the and right and shut up stop stop it stop making him look at those websites. I think it was uh, uh, Carl Bayer who pointed out the, uh, the the primitive is being like the, the the most active word there, but like Rod, in a certain sense, like he 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 longs for a kind of primitism. Primitism. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why it's so insidious to him. I mean, like 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 when he like he, he defends civilization, but he means it's like a very narrow bandwidth. Like you know, Western Christian civilization is collapsing, but like it's Western Christian civilization that has led to this like decadence that he thinks that he prefers a, a more primitive 
uh, I don't know, a, he prefers a, a, a you know more primitive root wiener to a you know more civilized Western one. I have a there's a guy he should have linked up with when he was in Northern Europe back when he was in still still in Northern Europe. Of another ma- another man who harkens back to a pre-Christian. Ah, uh, yes. Perhaps a man yes. who lives in a car and has twelve kids and worships like ponds. <laughs> Yeah, but he isn't circumcised, and Rod is, and that's a deal breaker. And let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I, I know Rod at the end there is like was, uh, you know, he was he was he was stung by the idea that someone would mistake him for being Jewish. But like in Varg's point of view, Rod is a thousand yeah, percent yeah, Jewish. Oh yeah, like, every yeah. Christian is, yeah. Yeah. and to that extent, like Varg is right. Yeah, like every American, like every like they're circumcised crank, for Christ's sake. Right, yeah. right. Every crank American, even the ones who like call Vatican II Vatican Jew, like they're like, oh yeah, of course I'm gonna like circumcise my kids, and like yeah. I'm circumcised, and like my grandkids will be like, I'm not even gonna think about it. Yeah, it's like maybe you're the Vatican Jew. Whoa, you think about that? Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Varg like. Varg's idea that like most people are Jews. Hey, it's pretty cool. Like it's pretty unifying actually. Yeah. Cause there's only like, there's like out of the entire world population. Who does that leave? Who's not Jewish? Like I I guess like most of East Asia and like India, but even then it's like most of us are Jewish. Yeah. Just most of us. (sighs) Well, (laughs) Uh, that concludes today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but once again, uh, just just Rod, what a beautiful mind, the most beautiful, and he's uh, yeah. And again, like I and and in his update, it's just like I love his insistence that he's the normal one. He's more. He's normal. You guys have the dirty minds for f- thinking any of this is uh, weird. I think like action items. We're always talking action items. What you can do to make things better. Um, everyone, let's get Rod elected to the U.S. Senate so he can't block any of us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, it, it is sad that I, I am blocked by him. It sucks. I like. I want to see everything. If I could follow Rod, I would have alerts set up for him. Absolutely. Because yeah, I'm legitimately curious, like what what he thinks about like anything. Mm-hmm. Discus has been blocking me from commenting on his blog for years now. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's awesome, and I hope he never stops. Yeah, never stop, buddy. I was just, um, I was listening to the other day to the thing we did where um, he's in the, he went to the garden party in Hungary. Yes. And he's taking the cab ride back with a guy who's like, I'm a big fan of your writing. We're we're in a car together for some reason. By the way, like, Blue's Clues is gay now. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no one else can do what he does. I mean, like, if these if these kids' TV shows continue to be, um, you know, covertly uh, just sort of covert uh, vectors for uh, gay propaganda, then kids will think it's normal to like grow up among, you know, like a group of boys and be like constantly looking at and assessing other men's penises. That's what that's they want. That's what they want to turn people into. It's like it's you know, like, uh, you're going to be at the wiener trough. <laughs> and it's gonna be like it's gonna be gay yeah instead of just male camaraderie like it should be you'll stop you'll, i mean it's encouraging you to notice the penises that are around you their size their shape their smell their texture <laughs> okay gang uh i think that, I think that does it for today's episode this is Shopo trap house signing off bye-bye bye bye my dick Cost a late night fee Yo dick Got the HIV My dick Plays on the double feature screen Yo dick Went straight to DVD My dick Bigger than a bridge Yo dick Look like a little kids My dick Large like the Chargers The whole team Yo shit look like you four